All right, in the book of Numbers, chapter 22, starting at verse 7, you will find these words. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the diviner's fee in their hand. And they came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak. And he said to them, Lodge here tonight, and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the prince of Moab stayed with Balaam. Then God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? So Balaam said to God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent to me, saying, Look, a people has come out of Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. And God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Then Balak again sent princes and more numerous and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, Please let nothing hinder you from coming to me. For I will surely honor you greatly, and I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come, curse these people for me. Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord, my God, to do less or more. Now, therefore, please, you also stay here tonight, that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, settled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. This morning, I want to talk with you for a few moments again about the sin of Balaam. And this is part two. In our series of lessons on what's in the Bible anyway, we're talking about the sin of Balaam, part two. In this passage of scripture that I just read to you, we have seen that Balaam was a man who wanted silver and gold. But because the Lord was preventing him from being able to curse the children of Israel, he was saying to Balak, even if you gave me everything you had, even if you gave me all the silver and the gold, 
I could do nothing other than what the Lord allows me to do. On last month, we looked at Balaam, and we realized that Balaam was a prophet of God. He was not an Israelite. He was not of the children of Israel, the chosen ones, but he was yet a prophet of God. And we realized that the God that we serve is bigger than what we more or less imagine him to be. We think that God only gives gifts to those who are in the household of God. But this story lets us know that he has anointed others even outside of our own family, if you will, our own spiritual family to do his will. And so when Paul the Apostle says, how unsearchable are the ways of the Lord, here is one that baffles the minds of men and women. It causes us to be confused if we believe that God only gives gifts to those in his household. Because clearly, Balaam was not from the Israelites. Balaam was from an outside group in Peor. But what we also must realize here is, is that Balaam was God's man. And being God's man, he should do what the Lord has for him to do. And so far, what we also want to point out is that you are God's women and God's men. You are little now, but you are still supposed to do only what the Lord requires you to do. And so as we look at this story, we see that Balaam entertained the men from Balak, knowing that Balak wanted to destroy God's people. And we find that the heart of Balaam is exposed because you see that even though he says he can do nothing other than what God allows him to do, he's still trying to see if some way he can still be able to get the money from those that are coming from Balaam. And so in this story, he has them to lodge and he said, stay here so that I can go back to the Lord and see what else he might say to me. Sometimes we're like this. Sometimes we in our minds, we know what God wants us to do and not to do. But because we want to do things that are pleasing to us and not pleasing to God, sometimes we deceive ourselves. Sometimes we try to make up our own minds and say, well, I believe God might allow me to do this and this will be okay because it feels good. Sometimes we ask the question, we say, how can something be wrong that feels so right? And in each one of your lives, there will be opportunities to do things that feel right, but God says are wrong. Sometimes you will say in class, you may say, you know, I didn't have enough time to study and I can't afford to fail this class. I can't afford to fail this test. And so maybe if I just look on my friend's test, maybe if I look on their work and get the answers, because I mean, after all, maybe I was sick last night and I couldn't study, but I can't afford to fail. So maybe if I do this, God will be okay with me because he understands my heart. 
A lot of times we say that God understands my heart. But that's not a good thing. Because he does understand your heart. And what happens with us is we try to come up with a reason why doing wrong is right. Because it feels good. And that's what's going on here with Balaam as well. Because he really feels like he wants this money. He wants to be able to be pleasing to Balak. And so he is deceiving himself into believing that God's going to change his mind. And so that's what we do too. Somehow we think God's going to change his mind about us doing the things that we know that God is not pleased. And so as we look at this text, we also see that Balak made it very clear to Balaam what he wanted them to do. He wanted Balaam to curse God's people. He wanted them to be cursed so that he could come in and destroy them or run them away. And in your lives, there will be people who want you cursed so that you can be ran away. In your lives, God is going to bless you guys. To have many gifts and many skills to do great things. But everybody's not going to be on your team. You're going to go out and you're going to do great things in school. You're going to do great things in the world, in the work world. But there are going to be people who are going to try to trip you up. Because they are not happy. Everybody's not cheering for you to do well. There are people who will be envious, who will not want the best for you, will be haters and will want you out of the way because they want to be in the place that you are in, not looking for their own place, but looking for the place that you are in. That is a warning for each one of you not to be confused or not to be, if you will, shocked when those who call themselves your friends on the outside, turn against you when you become successful. Does that make sense, saints? Amen. And so now, as we look at this text as well, we see that Balaam went back to the Lord. And the Lord refused him and told him that he should not curse the children of Israel because they are blessed. After he did that, he went back and told Balak's people that God refused for him to go with them. Now, he told part of the truth, but he didn't tell all of the truth. He told the part about the refusing, but he didn't tell the part that he was not to curse those who were blessed. It's the same thing in our lives. Someone asks you, where are you going? And you may say to them, I'm going to the corner. I'm going down to the next block. You didn't tell them the whole truth because in your mind, you didn't just want to go to the next block, but you wanted to go down the next street to somebody's house. Sometimes you know that the thing that you're wanting to do will not be pleasing to your parents, so you tell half-truths. To try to trick your parents into believing that you're doing one thing when you're doing another. All right. 
So Balaam didn't want to close the door on this whole idea of getting the silver and the gold. So he didn't outright tell them the truth. After all, he was going to go back to the Lord and see what else the Lord had to say. Sometimes we say that, well, you know, my parents didn't tell me I couldn't go. They told me I could go this far, but they didn't tell me I couldn't go to this place or that place. But you didn't tell them that you wanted to go to those places. So you have to try to deceive your parents by not letting them know everything that you need them to know so that you can go where you know they're not pleased for you to go. So here in this text, we find as well that in this particular chapter, Something happened to Balaam because of his inward desire to do evil in the sight of the Lord. The Lord told Balaam, go ahead and go with these men, but don't say anything but what I tell you to say. Sometimes it looks like the Lord is now pleased with what you are doing because he allows you to do something. But don't be fooled because God never changes his mind about sin. He never changes about disobedience and about not doing what thus saith the Lord. And so in this text, we find a really interesting story about Balaam and his donkey. When Balaam rose up to go with the men of Balak back to Balak, he was riding on this donkey. And in front of them came the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord had a sword in his hand. And the donkey saw the sword and saw the angel. So the donkey decided to go off the road. Balaam couldn't see what was ahead. But the donkey could. And sometimes in your lives, there are people who are going to be with you on the road of life. That will see the impending danger. That will see the problems that are up ahead for you. And will try their very best to get you off that road. But because you have decided you weren't going to obey the Lord anyhow. He causes you not to be able to see it. But others are trying to warn you and get you off of that road. Because God is a merciful God. That is nothing but his mercy on your life. Trying to prevent you from messing up, trying to prevent you from getting yourself hurt. But the story goes on to say that he beat his donkey and, and finally his donkey, they got back on the path and they went down the road just a little bit further. And the donkey decided to go ahead and slam him against the wall, trying to prevent Balaam from going any farther. Because once again, the donkey saw that the angel of the Lord was standing there with a sword to kill him. Sometimes your friends will go the extra mile, but you will refuse their counsel. You will refuse their good um, information toward you and their advice because you want to do what you want to do anyway. But up the road, there is danger. Up the road, there is a car wreck up the road there may be even death because you want to do what you want to do. But here's a story that allows us to 
to recognize that we need to be listening at all times. We need to not only hear what's in the word of God, but those who put their self in your lives and who God has put in your lives to give you good advice. When you're going somewhere, you ought not go. And in this text, we see that one more time, the donkey tries to save Balaam. The donkey lays down in the road and crushes Balaam's leg. So Balaam goes to beating the donkey once again and beating him. And then the Lord opens the mouth of the donkey. And the donkey says, why have you beat me these three times? And he said, if I had had, Balaam says, if I had had my sword, I would have killed you. When you have become disobedient to God and you want to do what you want to do when you want to do it, sometimes you do silly things. Sometimes you will curse out your friends who are trying to help you because you want to do what you want to do. Sometimes you may even punch them. Sometimes you may do things that you shouldn't be doing because you want to do what you want to do. But the Lord is saying here to listen to the advice, to listen to what the Lord is saying to you so that you are able to not be hurt. And the story goes on to say that God opened the eyes of Balaam and allowed him to see the angel of the Lord. And the angel let him know that he was displeased about the life that Balaam was living and what he was going to do to try to get money from Balak by cursing God's people. Sometimes your situation will get so bad with the things that you are trying to do yourself that God will have to speak to you himself. And when he does, things have gotten really, really serious. It's gotten so serious that you're on the road to destruction and you don't even know it. But I want you to know this morning that God will give you many opportunities to do the right thing. He will give people in your, heart, in your life and in your home to instruct you. And he himself will deal with you because he loves you. He loves you so much that he does what he does in your life for your good. Sometimes in the midst of of you doing wrong, God may allow you to injure yourself so he can save you. Because sometimes we're so reckless in what we do, by the time we get there, we have caused ourselves to even be killed. Maybe we're riding in a car and we're going too fast in the city. We're playing and playing around in, in dangerous vehicles and messing with the driver because we're young. And the next thing you know, you're going over a hill and running into another vehicle or maybe running off of a cliff. But sometimes God will bless you in such a way that he will cause you to hurt yourself first in a way that doesn't kill you, but he's getting your attention. And so today as I close, I want you to keep in mind that you as children of God, God is always watching you. He's always looking out 
for your best interests. And sometimes because we get so hard-headed sometimes, because we want to do whatever we want to do, God has to put someone in our lives to try to give us the proper advice not to do what God doesn't want us to do. And sometimes we become so hard-headed that God has to injure us like God used the donkey to injure Balaam to save him. Because this story goes on to let us know that the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, if you had have arrived here, I would have killed you. But because of the love that the donkey had for his master, he saved him. Because the Lord said, the angel of the Lord said, I would have killed you and spared the donkey. That happens in our lives. We go by danger, seen and unseen. But today I want you to know that you don't have to go there. You don't have to go down that road. When you know that it's something that's not pleasing to the Lord, stop now. Don't go way down the road with it and get yourself hurt and get yourself beat up and maybe even killed. When you can just obey the Lord and be in the safety of God. And in this story, I want to present to you once again our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This angel of the Lord who had this sword is none other than Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus Christ is saying to us today that he is a protector and he cares about the affairs of your life. He cares about what you do. He cares about whether you cheat on tests or whether you do things you lie to your parents or whether you do things that are not right. And so today, this Jesus I present to you, for those of you who do not know him as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. This one Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you and for me, He's saying to you once again, come unto me and I will give you rest. He's saying, if you don't know me, if you don't know me, you don't talk to me, you don't know who I am. You can come to me today. You can ask me to forgive you of your sins and let me come into your heart. And I will live in you and I will talk with you and I will bless you. And I will keep you and protect you. And I will supply your every need. And so today is the day of salvation. The doors of the church are open. If there's anyone here who does not know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And needs to get to know him today. You can right now. You can come. Just as you are. And Jesus will save your very soul. You don't have to go another day without knowing him as your savior. You can know him today. There is room at the cross for you. There is room the cross for you. 
There is room at the cross for you. There is room at the cross for you. You can come. There is room at the cross for you. Although millions have come, there is room for Amen. None came, but there's still plenty good room.